This podcast contains adult language. Starting now. Welcome to All the Worlds a Cage, a podcast where we staggerly stumble through Nicholas Cage's wild Irish rose fueled filmography. <clears throat> but this isn't just a podcast, this is a cry for help. Join us as we crack bottles over skulls, enjoy as we pump trees full of poison. And pity us as we drunkenly pop and lock our way through this bleak pint of piss in Americana. This week we endure a 2013 tragedy of Joe. An unlikely role model to a 15-year-old boy in a world where everybody is a complete drunk behind the wheel. I'm your co-host, Sean. I'm your co-host, Jeff. I'm your co-host, Josh. Uh, well, boys, another week, another absolute stinker. Really? <laughs> That's what you wanted to lead in with? Really? Stinker? P.U. I thought this movie fucking super ruled. I, Joe, yeah, uh, this Joe more like no to sitting oh. through this pile of bull honky again. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm against, uh, yet again, Josh and Sean, no, Jeff and Sean, just like against Josh because, wow, I enjoyed this movie, but oh my God. Can I just say, like, can I just sum this up in a second? Yeah. This movie felt like True Detective season one. Mm. If you just took out all the detectives. I should, I should probably say I was joking. I I like this movie a lot. Okay, I I was gonna say you're just yeah, that was, just that was part contrarian the, at this point. Like it's gonna be part of the bit. Um, yeah, I like this movie. It was good. Yeah, because I was gonna say that this is like the first movie in a while that I didn't feel like I needed to start drinking in order to like wrap my head around a pro- like recording the episode. Like I, I'm actually excited to talk about this one. Um, I mean. I don't, I don't know if excited. Yeah, excited might be overstating <laughs> yeah. it a little bit. I mean, this movie is super bleak. Like, oh, let's yeah. not mince words. I mean, yeah. it's it's a tough watch. But yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, I guess let's just get right into talking about our boy. Our boy, Nick. Jack. Not, not Jack. Not Joe. an actual boy. They, Old Jack Joe. Because he's ripped in this fucker. Yeah, <laughs> oh he my is. God. Yeah, he's uh, oh. he's he's looking good in in wow. the year of our Lord 2013, and also like mm-hmm. delivering kind of a fucking crucial performance. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, he's great. I wasn't uh, really familiar with this movie, so we uh, I I got recommended this. I I uh, went in for a tattoo the other day, and uh, my friend who was uh, doing it recommended that that we check this one out. And uh, I'm glad he did because yeah, I, I had not like I was not familiar with this film at all prior to sitting down to watch it and uh it's fucking really good yeah this movie's fantastic um you're right uh that he is he's back in that awesome con air shape Mm -hmm. that he was maybe when he's pumping iron and doing push-ups and shit in prison he's back in like that shape which is good i dare say he's more like wrestler shape where it's like it's bulkier yeah but the mass there is muscle you know it's it's because in Kanye Conair, Con Air, he's like he's 
more slender, you know. He's got mm-hmm. he's got more of that like you know he uh, thinner and just but, yeah. But yeah. it's like sinewy, yeah, yeah. sinewy. Uh, but in this one, it's like he's got just big old muscles. And I was like, nice when he pulled off those t- like that shirt. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, first off, are those tattoos real? Uh, I think some of them are. He has some tattoos mm. on his upper yeah. arms. Yeah, I know. I know he has tattoos in real life. But um, but some of the ones in this film are fake. He doesn't have a forearm tattoo for sure. That one. <laughs> well, I was thinking more specifically the ones on his uh, uh left bicep, where it's like uh like almost like kabuki skull masks, and uh, mm. I thought those were like really, really cool. But at the same time, I was like. Does this guy like have a thing for that? Like I don't I think those might be his. Um the ones on his like upper arms look real. Um and by the way, I if you Google Nick Cage tattoo, the first thing you get are a lot of results of people who have gotten Nick Cage tattoos. Yeah, yes. I was just grappling with that problem myself here. <laughs> trying to It's find. very difficult to find an actual article about his own tattoos. Oh, yeah, those. Uh, yeah, that looks. Yeah, like it. I think this is the one you were talking about. Yeah. I'm seeing or. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, there here it we is. Go. Nope, yep. That's what I was thinking. Yep. There the flaming are. flaming skull. And that's kind of like an Oni. He's kind of got like an mm-hmm. Oni thing going on on his shoulder. Yeah. Yep. Well, OK, that's what I was wondering. I, was, I thought they looked cool, but I, I just had no clue about you know, if those were his or not. Mm-hmm. Not that it matters. Um, mm-hmm. I thought just overall, also, Nick Cage with, like, a, a bunch of facial hair, awesome. Like, looked great. Yeah. Like, totally. He, yeah. Just like, a, like, it reminded me of Mandy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right that he was just really good in this movie. Um, he had a great range. He definitely, he, I, I, I forgot he was Nick Cage. For a minute you know what i mean yeah like it's something that i don't it doesn't happen very often with him for me oh so rarely i mean that's yeah <laughs> that's not what he's for that's <laughs> not what he's for usually but he but he can i mean like yeah you know he he has the acting chops there, i do think he's guilty of not really using them on some of the flicks that he works on well there was a one couple. part in this movie where i felt like he brought like a bit of his classic cageness out and it was when he's he's drinking with the uh, w- uh, with the child in, in his car and they're looking for the dog and he hands him. The, he, he holds up the lighter and he's like, you know, you flip mm. that. You flip that lighter. Yeah. Ladies know what you mean. Like you got money or something. And he does this little quick the back eye and thing. forth. eye thing. Yeah. And I just was like, where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, because it was there's nothing like that in the rest of the movie. And so it kind of mm. like pulled me back and was like, there's Nick Cage. Yeah. But the rest of it was so good, like solid yeah. performance. It was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like uh, it. Uh, one thing I saw in the uh, behind the scenes feature at that they talk about is that in uh, the screenplay as written uh, by Gary Hawkins and in the novel by Larry Brown, uh, that the screenplay is based on, Joe is even more kind of understated and like un you know doesn't show his his emotions like which is you know how the character is in this film but it, they said mm-hmm. that you know in the novel it's even more so that way and uh Gary Hawkins the screenwriter in uh, part of the interview with him talked about how he was really impressed with uh, Nick's ability to you know 
keep a stoic face, but still, you know, be like has Joe's like inner emotional life. It kind of shines through despite the fact that he keeps that stoic exterior. And I, I thought that was really uh, correct, you know. Yeah, that's the thing about his performance that makes it so good is that it's like you said, understated. He's kind of playing the, you know, the, the tough, silent guy kind of thing. But there are little cracks here and there when you can see what's going on inside and not just like, you know, his kindness and his fondness for other people that peeks through, but also stuff like his fear, mm-hmm. you know, when he sees the dog uh, uh, at that house that he goes to sometimes. Yeah, um, the whore, we'll the whore about. <laughs> Yeah, right. OK, I wasn't sure if we we're going to call it that or not, but um, I mean. Do you have a better name for it? Yeah, like prostitute no. list. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> God damn but, it! But um, you know, like his fear, his his inability to control his anger, and it was fantastic. Honestly, I love this movie. Like this is, I'm gonna say, this is a word I don't use very often on this podcast, but this movie was good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> God okay, damn yeah. it. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, it when was. It hits, it hits. Yeah, I enjoyed this movie very much. Um, mm-hmm. It's rough, though. Yeah. It's very hard to watch. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a hard watch, but like it helped that it was like a gr- dreary, rainy day on Sunday, you know, like when I'm watching this movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, it kind of just like the 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 shittiness outside kind of like made me emotionally prepared for this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just I overall like I just enjoyed that I didn't know where this movie was going. Yeah. It like an hour mm-hmm. in, in in this like what is it? It's like two almost two hour mm-hmm. movie like just shy like three minutes shy of two hours or whatnot. Mm hmm. This movie, I had no fucking clue what was mm-hmm. happening for like a first hour. Yeah. I was just like, what am I expecting? Like, you know, there's this child. And for the first probably half an hour, I thought those uh, until um, uh, what is the boy's name again? It's uh, Gary. Uh, in the Gary. Movie. Gary. Played by yeah. played by Ty Sheridan. OK, well, great job, buddy. Um, uh, yeah. Also, also really good. Yeah. Cyclops. But, yeah, I I know yeah, Cy- I had Cyclops seen him before, was good but in this movie. Holy yeah. crap! I that's what he was. Oh my god! <laughs> I knew I had seen him in something else. He Anyways. was also uh, Ready Player One. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I put, I have in my notes. Uh, I put Wow, Ready Player One is so young. Yeah. He's, he's like a he's like a little baby Ready Player One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baby Ready Player. Play, yeah. Play, player One not quite ready yet. He's getting there. He's still loading. Yeah. Oh, Joe yes. Joe helps get him ready for sure. But. I kept thinking, like, up until he walks through the woods and asks, like, for the job, I thought mm-hmm. it was, like, a flashback, you know? Like, it was going from, oh. from uh, like, because, you know, he would keep looking off into, like, Nick Cage would look off into the woods, and, mm-hmm. and you would think, like, oh, is this, is Joe, like, just having, like, trauma, thinking about, like, an earlier age in his life, you know? And then, oh. and then it mm-hmm. comes back, and then all of a sudden he walks in, and I'm like, oh, shit, no, that's a, just, another kid <laughs> that's so interesting I, yeah. I i mean i read the synopsis uh on uh imdb before we watched it like just the one sentence thing yeah like uh, an ex-con meets a troubled 15 year old etc so i knew that but i could totally see how if you didn't know that oh uh, i went in cold on this one man i i had no idea the only 
The only thing I know about this movie before was that I had cut out uh, the E and the O for the logo on our <laughs> <laughs> for the logo on our on our page. That was it. I, <laughs> that is all I know about Joe. Well, that's awesome. I'm uh, I'm glad uh, I'm glad we got that in there because uh, this is a good one. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I had the same thought you had too about how like I didn't know where the movie was gonna go. Uh, I, I think I wrote it down. Yeah, about forty five minutes or an hour in, because it was they just set up so many sources of tension and conflict. Mm-hmm. Like there was the boy and his dad, who I think at that point had been fired. Yeah. So there's tension there, and then there was the crazy guy. He'd had multiple confrontations with him, and then there was like his girlfriend and the guy who was after her. Yeah. And I was like, I think there's more stuff. Uh, the police too, and you there was just like. I just felt like the whole world was about to come crashing down on the main character, and I just didn't know how it was going to happen. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I, I would quick mention too that uh, Willie, the uh, the the man with the scars on his face, he at that point he's had confrontations with Joe and with uh, Cyclops. So, oh, you're right. Are we just going to call him Cyclops? Let's I, just I do mean, that. I, I'm going to. I, <laughs> uh, I mean. <laughs> Just to cut back on confusion, I will also refer mm. to him as Cyclops. That's very, that's very big of you. Yeah, okay, perfect. Oh, okay, just quick synopsis, by the way. If you haven't seen this movie before, uh, the gist is that Nick Cage is an ex-con who runs a uh, like a labor service thing. That's a weird way to describe it. but um, Yeah, what anyway. they're doing in the woods seems like a crime. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got to be. He, sure. runs a, he runs a team and uh, uh, a young boy who is 15 uh, and has an alcoholic father joins his crew. And then a bunch of stuff happens and there's a bunch of conflict between a bunch of characters, including Nick and the alcoholic dad. And um, it's really good. Anyway, so that's the synopsis. If you haven't seen it, that's what the story of the movie is. Yeah. And unlike other episodes or other episodes, we are probably not going to go beat by beat through this one because yeah. I just don't know how we would. Yeah, it'd be really mm-hmm. difficult. I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, small characters uh, like the shop owner, for example, uh, who's like mm-hmm. a really interesting character and but he doesn't factor super heavily into the plot. I mean, there's a there's just a lot going on in this movie. It'd be very difficult to go through it scene by scene, I think. And if you haven't gotten the gist yet, uh, just watch this movie because oh, I think yeah. we all would say recommend, right? Absolutely, yeah. This um, is a good one. I mean, it's it's definitely a bummer, but it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, uh, definite definite recommend on this one. Um, yeah. Shit. Yeah. We're just we're gonna cut to that part right now. (laughs) No, yeah, it's great. Um you're right. I liked all the little uh side characters. One thing I did like was the the guy that runs the little gas station. Mm. I did notice he had one really bad line when uh the the tree like the the tree poisoning crew comes in. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, you catch that ball game last night? Boys sure can play. And I was like, That's so nobody would say that. Did you like? Did you catch that ball game last yeah. night? No, yeah. I've, but no, I've I've definitely heard that. <laughs> you catch the game last night? Normally, there's a little bit um, more to it because you would say like the team. Well, well, that's what that's yeah. what I'm saying. He doesn't. He just says, "Did you catch that ball game last night?" 
those boys sure can play. Yeah, so which generic. is like the most you know, so the most generic line. Yeah, so that, that actually uh, was something that I was going to ask you guys in the uh, Wikipedia plot summary I'm seeing here. It says that uh, Joe Ransom is the foreman of a Texan tree poisoning crew, but did you yeah. guys get that? Because I couldn't ever quite place. I mean, this is Mm-mm. this is clearly a movie set in the American South. Yeah, but. Other than that, I didn't get any clues as to any more, you know, specificity than that. I, uh, I was there were cop did. cars, but I didn't really catch what they said mm. on the side. Oh, which is interesting. Besides sheriff, yeah. and uh, I didn't even look at license plates, which I normally always try to try to keep track of because that always gives you a place uh, on there. Mm, but sure. half the half the vehicles in this movie didn't even have license plates. <laughs> Yeah, very true. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. I didn't even uh, like, for example, in uh, the Amos and Andrew, uh, when I was watching that, I was like desperately trying to figure out, you know, I was looking at the side of the cop car because I was just clawing for any reason not to be paying attention to the actual movie. <laughs> but in this in this one, I was actually immersed and I was just like, eh, fuck it, whatever. They're somewhere like it doesn't matter. I'm I'm just in for the characters at this point, you know, Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I was just curious about that. You know, just because this movie is so about its setting, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it was mm-hmm. interesting to me that they weren't more specific on that front. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was intentional as a way to um, sort of, you know, to tell the audience like this could be anywhere mm. or it could it really be did rather this. Way. This could be a lot of places in America. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And the ambiguousness um, of it uh, really does play into that, where it's just like anywhere where there's just a like destitute, poverty stricken mm-hmm. town, this mm-hmm. could just be that town. Like, you know, there was grain yeah. silos in the background at one point, but then there's also like cricks and, you know, uh, very little farmland. So it's like, I, I, I just. I just figured it could be literally anywhere. I mean, there's there's towns. You're right. There's towns like that here in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, if you're not from Iowa, Crick is how we say Creek. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> go on down uh, to Crick there. <laughs> down, to the, down to the Crick. Go catch some crawdaders. <laughs> uh, <laughs> haven't seen a salamander that's, in a long time. That's how we say it. I haven't seen a salamander in a long time. I don't know. That might be global oh. warming. We all going down that creek now. Catch some crawl, crawl, dad. Oh that's God. an off. That's how we say it up in Iowa. Holy Jesus. Anyone want to talk about corn or? What well, are we doing I mean, I mean, they, we could talk about corn all night. I don't. Yeah. I don't think Let's. You know, what we should talk about instead the movie. What is a tree poisoning crew? I mean, I, I got the idea, but like, have you ever, have you guys ever heard of that before? No. Also, I've never seen an axe that shoots poison. Now I'm like all about it. That's a metal as fuck thing. I, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Never fucking seen it's that like, before. It's like a Mad Max weapon. When, yeah, when they were do, okay. So when the movie starts out and it's like just a crew, crew of dudes going in the woods and they're just like hacking and squirting axe juice. <laughs> Homemade, homemade good they poison. They hadn't fucking said it yet. Yeah. And I'm just like, I was just like, what is this like post-apocalyptic almost? Like, is this, <laughs> it's like, what era of the world is this? Because I've never seen and or heard of such a device. 
it's very cool. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was weird. I mean, I guess it probably makes sense thematically, but I was like, I I, I almost feel like they should have just done something else because it was so distracting. I, I it took me so out of the movie when he started swinging that axe and like juice from a big backpack. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, it, it, he's literally wearing like a giant like backpack on his back full of like green liquid with a yeah. tube it, it, that runs up his arm to an axe. And when he hits yeah. the it's tree, like the back, it, it looks like the backpack from Ghostbusters, yeah, yeah, but and, with less lights. Well, yeah. And they, and the, the movie makes that joke for you. You know, the characters like, yeah. yeah, get on the Ghostbusters pack now. And it's like, Oh shit. So they, they know it's silly. Like they know it's goofy. Yeah. I was, I was so like, I was fascinated by that. So I started looking around trying to figure out what the I paused it because I was like, what the fuck is that? And I was trying to figure it out. And I was like, oh, they're a tree poisoning crew. That doesn't sound legal. And then later in the movie, somebody asks if it's legal. And uh, the character Junior totally dodges the question. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, totally. And I mean, (laughs) you know, I think the answer paraphrasing is uh, the tree companies. Or the like tree removal service will like or logging companies pay us to come in because they can't cut down a healthy tree. Mm-hmm. So they have us come in, poison the trees, and then they come in and then take out all the dead trees. And I was like, wow, that is fucked up. Yeah. Like, also super uh, not a, super not an answer. Yeah. Well, I, no, look like in because here's the thing. <laughs> if this job was legal, I don't think they would be using Joe as like a weird middleman <laughs> to pay all these guys. Like, let me put it this way. Yeah. The dudes who later come through and clear cut the land, they probably get like paychecks, not envelopes full of cash <laughs> handed to them from the back of a dirty truck. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they have like 1040s. Or like uh, uh, W2s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they they yeah, they're on the books. This crew is not on the books. Yeah. Un- Uncle Uncle Sam knows not, about that. Not, not to mention who's making that fucking bootleg poison. <laughs> like what? Well, yeah, they said it's one of their grandmas or something, yeah. right? It makes it in their basement. And I don't know what it is, but it kills the trees. And then they say yeah, it works real good, though. <laughs> and they say, don't get it in your eyes. And nobody, oh, nobody's shit. wearing goggles. No. Nope. Yeah. And they're squirting tree juice, uh, tree poison juice everywhere. It, like, yeah. Every God. every hit, it goes flying everywhere. Oh man, like that's gotta be like yeah, no, that's bad. It's bad. Um, that's bad. Yeah. I think it's it's probably time that we talk about other stuff in the movie. As much as I okay, just yeah. want to stay focused on this, because the rest of it's such a goddamn bummer. On the poison bummer. axes. Because that, yeah. Yeah, the poison axe, uh, yeah, yet another moment where when I saw it, I was just like, my entire body was aching to play Dungeons and Dragons. I was like, I want I want a po- I want an axe that shoots poison. I don't want to kill Gabos with it. But yeah, that would be yeah. so great. Like, come on. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, whatever. We're not here to, like, fantasize mm-hmm. about medieval weaponry that's enchanted with poison (sighs) we are here to talk about alcoholism (laughs) yeah 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 we should definitely i i mean we would be remiss if we did not talk about the father character yes uh cyclops's dad yeah cyclops's dad is an alcoholic and when i say alcoholic i don't mean like the way alcoholism is sometimes portrayed in movies where it's like fun or sexy, sexy fun. or whatever. Like, right, right. He's it's like he's Tony he's, Stark. Yeah. Like, no, he's like a non-functional person. 
he, he, yeah. he can barely walk and talk and stuff. They're they're essentially homeless. They're squatting in a house um, that is con- that is condemned. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and I would say like a quarter of his scenes, he like can't even stand up. Yeah, um, it's and the actor is fantastic. We talked a little bit about him earlier. Gary Poulter. Gary Poulter. Yeah. Um, plays a character named Wade, which I didn't know. I don't think they really say his name. At one point, he wears a jacket that says G-Dog on the back, which I yeah, I, that is, I want very badly. But yeah, it was a very awesome jacket. Really cool. Um, but he's fantastic. He's played by uh, an actual homeless man. Like, the actor is an, was an actual homeless man. The, the director knew, I think. Uh, yeah. Um, what my research turned up is that he and a bunch of the dudes on the tree poisoning crew are were locals from uh, Austin. Hmm. And um, he uh, the director, David Gordon Green, uh, Pineapple Express guy, super weird. He talked about how it was very important to him that he get, you know, not professional actors like locals to be portraying mm-hmm. these roles uh, to bring that added realism, uh, which I think paid dividends like this mm-hmm. movie's extremely realistic. And uh, yeah, uh, Gary Poulter's performance is absolutely brilliant and haunting. Like it is uh, it's super brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, it really I mean, is the main part of this movie like we keep talking about how hard it was to watch and stuff like this is it you know i mean him. there's there's yeah. other things yeah. in the movie it, too it, the whole the whole like cast or ensemble of uh the realistic actors uh it really reminded me of like a giuseppe andrews like kind of film hmm. where it's like uh if you don't know him he's, i don't you know bit bit parts in like you know, uh, cabin, uh, cabin fever or whatnot. But he's, um, he's directed some films where it's like, he does like these really low budget movies where it's like all just real drunks. Oh, wow. And, and it's just, they're hard to watch movies, but it, it just like, that's what it felt like. I was like, wow, this guy is either the best at acting as a fake drunk or mm-hmm. he's a real drunk. Yeah. And I mean, it just kind of, you know, you kind of blend blur the line there because you kind of mix mash them both because you're not using a traditional actor. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I could tell that the actors in the opening scenes, um, the crew were not professional actors, that they were just people. Mm hmm. Um, which was great. Like it reminded me of like I've done jobs sort of like that before where like, you know, you and a bunch of guys just get in the back of like a truck and go somewhere. And, uh, you know, like that's they acted exactly like how that is in real life. And I think that gave the movie a lot of realism. Same with the guy who um, God, I forgot his name already. The actor who plays uh, Gary's dad, Cyclops's dad. Um, Gary Poulter. Gary Poulter okay. is, is the actor's name, so it's a double Gary situation. Oh, no. you, yeah. you never want to have Gary. a double Gary. Yeah, classic double Gary. Never it's gonna be that. hard to. It's gonna be hard to keep it straight. Yeah, I thought he was great. Um, yeah, I also really liked the guy who was crazy, Willie. Yes, he was fantastic. Like the um, the scene on the bridge. Yeah, when he's talking to Cyclops. And and then Cyclops beats the shit out of him. Yeah, but yeah, he all, wails on him. Like leading up, though, there's that part where he has that he has that line that it, it does come in like rule of threes through this movie. But 
uh, he's just like, I've been through, I flew through a windshield, I don't give a fuck. And Yeah, I went and, through a windshield and he, at 4 a.m. Yeah, he says it yeah. twice on the bridge and then, like, gets his ass kicked in because it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, what are you, what are you going to do? Like, you... You're like threatening this child on yeah. a fucking bridge who he just saw you like throw a potential murder <laughs> weapon off. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, oh I, I laughed. Which, um, Gary. I know. Yeah. yeah. I was like, perfect. I, I was like, I, I know you saw it, but as soon as he's just like, what'd you chuck the gun for? I was just like, buddy. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. Why, would you Why are you doing this, man? I was like, come on. You were like scot free. Yeah. Although, yeah, I mean, I I really like that scene though because I I like we've all been in that kind of situation with somebody who's like unstable, and you can't like get a read on it. Like you don't know like the mood of the situation, uh, like the conversation. Like you don't really know exactly what they're talking about or like how their mood is gonna change, and you just kind of want to like get out of it. And I thought he brought that energy perfectly to that scene. It was great. Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like people who uh, suffer from mental illnesses are statistically much more likely to be the victims of violence than the perpetrators Mm -hmm. of. But I mean, it's undeniable that that energy, you know, of someone who has a very different like pattern of behavior, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just it's you're not often used to, you know, the cadence of of those conversations. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought that was uh And emotionally you can switch on a dime, you know? Like Yeah, it's unpredictable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh I, there was also um one thing which I'm curious if you guys caught uh that I thought was a really nice touch is um when Willie is driving around after he shoots Nick Cage, he says uh ladies and gentlemen a couple of times to himself. He's just like, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. And then later in the movie, when he confronts Nick Cage in the bar, he like gives a very like measured, clearly practiced speech where he's like, you, the way you hit me, I mean, there were ladies and gentlemen present. Oh. And I was, I was just like, oh shit. He's like, yeah. so like when he shoots him, he's like wow. in this in this rage still yeah. where he's like in front of ladies and gentlemen, he, and he slapped had, me, which and he I, had, come know. on, there's nothing worse than getting slapped by someone in public like but but like ultimate insult also when he was driving uh another thing that i noticed was like uh, cars go by you know and he's like driving and he is muttering to himself but then he even like kind of slinks down into his 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 seat because he's like i don't want to be noticed you know Mm. like kind of like hide himself Mm. and i was just like god this guy is fucking nuts yeah like great acting great acting um he does disappear for a while in the movie. I noticed that. Uh, and it was literally right when I started to say, we haven't seen that crazy guy in a while. Um, yeah. When he shows up again and I was like, there he is. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they say like he's been looking for uh, Cyclops mm-hmm. for a while and hasn't found him. Mm-hmm. And that got me to thinking like, boy, this must be not that small of a town or maybe this story uh, is set in like some proximate small towns that are all kind of near each other because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. Yeah. Dispersed. Yeah. It's like if you if you have to be looking for someone, I mean, it's not like the popular, you know, 
the population density here is clearly not high, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it also in in this uh, situation like that, it seems like everybody can find each other, like without very with very little trouble. If you needed to find somebody, it it would not be hard because there's only like four locations they'd be at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be their house, that other house, the whorehouse, or the general store. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the woods. Or that, that one bridge that's in town that everybody seems to throw guns off of or people. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. A lot, lot happening on that bridge for sure. Uh, yeah. I did also. Um, we we talked about the general store a little bit. I I just wanted to say uh, I, I I don't know if that was a set constructed for the film or was shot inside of an actual and, you know, an actual general store somewhere. Mm-hmm. But. Man, if it was a constructed set, they really nailed that like small town convenience store. Just like at one point, someone reaches into one of the you know wall coolers to get like a drink of something, and it's just like random six pack of like Coca Cola cans. Uh, you know, it's just like a smattering Summer of all sausage. these different products. Yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That was really yeah. Even on the on they, the that, counters, it's just like great. random shit. It's just like cans of stuff. But yeah. It's like piles of random shit. Mm-hmm. Like the inventory there is like they just have stuff. You pick it out if you need it. And then he's like, "Where's my damn ham?" And it's like, "What? They have ham here too? Of course they yeah, have ham. They do like probably yeah, everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's fresh sliced, like, like fresh uh, sliced deli. I mean, ham. you guys, this is a very rural uh, 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 joke, but like it looks like B and B, like deli. Like I don't, I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, oh my familiar. god, it's like a hundred year old, like kind of like deli that's like on the south side of Des Moines. Oh it, really? That's what that place looks like. <laughs> they literally super like, they specific sell, joke. They sell. They sell everything from like a a, a Godzilla style hamburger where it's like two pounds me two pounds of meat. It's it's wild. Uh, it's like stacks like you know like fucking six hamburgers tall. And then they also sell like enchiladas and egg rolls. Like it is everything you could fucking think of. Yeah, kind of I mean down. that's how it is in those like small town gas stations. Like they you can get gas and also like frozen food. But also, they will slice ham for you, and then you can fix your car. Yeah, yeah. Like they can just an oil do. Change. Yeah, they'll change your oil. They'll do like because <laughs> they just have to because there's just not a bunch of shit. So everybody has to do a lot of stuff. Sure, mm-hmm. that makes sense. One thing I wanted to say about the setting of this movie is that it it's I mean it's extremely run down. Joe has the nicest house that we see in the movie, and even his place like isn't great. But I I always I never got the feeling that the movie was ever making fun of the setting or the people like it was never a joke you're never meant to really i don't think look down on these people i think or even like really pity them it's just portraying it exactly just how it is you know i don't feel like it ever took a stance on it which i really liked it's just a flat portrayal of that place and that's it it's not saying anything it's just showing it to you yeah yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think the closest you get to that is when he goes over to uh, where Blind George and Henry, I want to say. Yeah, I felt like that was his parents' house or something. Well, they the when he goes over, they, they've got the deer, and he shows right, them how to right. cut the deer steaks. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, it's I like, know. Yeah, okay. Those characters were, I think, the closest to be like being like overtly like comedic relief or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And even then, um, you know, I thought that their dialogue uh, was very genuine. And I, I was I was really impressed with the cast of this movie just across the board. Everyone's delivery of their lines was just absolutely perfect, I, I felt. Yeah. At that point, when uh, the scene you're referring to, I I was it was still early enough in the movie that I felt like. Are they just trying to outdo each other? Like every episode or every scene follows each other. It's like, you know, you have the like working crew where they're like doing this like really folksy, like talk back and forth mm. where it's like, I need to put on the subtitles because I I don't think I'm understanding them. Right. And then then it goes into that. Like, you know, he he's like dropping off money at like various places mm. and he stops in at the, the house with the deer I was just like, Jesus, every character that they come across is just like folksier and more like <laughs> troubled than the last. Because like they had a whole margarita full of frozen, like a, like a, a blender full of frozen margarita. And they're trying to like cut this deer that they found on a fence. Like mm-hmm. and they're like butchering it, like in, a, in the sense that they're doing a poor job. They're, Not, uh, they're like, butchering the they're butchering they're, the butchering. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. he comes in, and then she has that like li- line where she's talking about her. She's like, "I'm the birthday girl, and I have to make my own birthday cake." And then oh, he's yes. like, yeah. "That's great." And, and he's like, comes in, he's like, "No, let me show you." And he pulls out his buck knife and is like, "And she's like, you use that knife like a artist uses a brush." And it's like, <laughs> I mean, this is just getting more crazy. That scene literally has a character. Scene. That scene literally has a character whose name is Blind George. Yeah. And he's in the corner, and he's just like, yeah, I could help. Also, I don't know who this person... <laughs> like, I don't think you could. I don't know who this person <laughs> is, but there is somebody credited on the list, um, on the cast list, uh, as Ancient Woman. <laughs> and I don't know who this person Ancient is. Ancient Woman? I don't know who that could be referring to, but... I have a feeling it's the woman whose birthday it was. I feel like they could have just, maybe... I'm fascinated by this movie. I don't know. There's not very many. There's not very many characters in this movie. Hey, and well, the, yeah. yeah, I mean, and half of them are played by non-actors, so it's it's tough. A couple yeah. of them are actors. Uh, obviously, like the big, like Nick, uh, Ty Sheridan, uh, the guy who plays Willie is. I think Nick's girlfriend in this movie is. Yeah. Yeah, she's like a she's like a yoga lady that has had some uh, has had some acting work, too. Huh. But, yeah, I, I was I was uh, researching her. And, yeah, it's saying that she's she's best known as a yoga teacher. Oh, shit. She's got like a huge. She, yeah, she's got like a YouTube channel for huh. yoga. That's uh, a big one. So huh. pretty cool. cool. I, I, I really liked her performance, too. Yeah. Um, the character is not that meaty you know mm. uh but um i thought that she had like a very sort of sweet like melancholy to her you know the the scenes of her like you know talking to nick while he pretends to be asleep about mm. wanting to oh, go out to a restaurant so it's good. like it's a very sad you know it's someone someone who doesn't want to be living in this small town is you know what it felt like to me not to mention she's like whole like the way she's introduced is like, can I just like stay with you because like my my mother's boyfriend is like an abusive 
Yeah, yeah he pro- shit. Yeah, he promised to stay away from me this time. It's like, and he always yeah, promises, yucky. and it's like gross. Yeah, get out of there. And of course, that that's a great way to show how uh, Joe is like, you know, sympathetic and is like, yeah. yeah. He says, one paraphrasing, one of his lines is like, "You can stay here. I can't promise I'll be, you know, super sweet, but you know, yeah, uh, you can be here." He does say <laughs> and that. It's obvious that she wants more than that. Um, mm-hmm. He says at one point, um, I wrote it down because I loved it. Don't he says, "Don't fool yourself too much about me," because he's telling her like, "Don't don't imagine that I'm somebody else." And then expect yeah. me to be that person. Yeah. What is it? What does she say there? Because she she says something about his character. Like it, that's the scene where they're she, talking about him helping Cyclops. Cyclops. Yes. OK. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um. OK. Yeah. yeah. And which is interesting, though, because like she right. He does end up he does end up embracing his role as a father figure. So, she, yeah, I mean, she's right. Um. I mean, ultimately, I. uh I, and I think that I realized this when I was looking at their relationship, but I think that the real core of this story is that it's about people who need something and other people who don't know how to give that to them. Mm. Like she, she wants a relationship, yeah. but Joe doesn't know how to do that. And I feel like he, he kind of wants it too, but he also doesn't know how to do it. Like how to be that person. And same thing with, um, yeah. Cyclops, like he knows that he needs help and he needs like a father figure, but he doesn't really know how to do that either. Yeah, that that was to me the core theme of this movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very interesting and difficult spot that Cyclops finds himself in because I, I I don't know if we mentioned this or not, but he it's it's not just him and his dad. Yeah, his mom and a sister are also in the picture, so. They kind of insinuate at one point in the movie. I remember Joe being like, you're like, you're smart and capable. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to deal with this. Like, this is maybe after the dad gets like fired from the tree poisoning service or something. It's, yeah, it's after uh, he comes he, back to work. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. When he comes back to the mm-hmm. house in the mm-hmm. rain. Yeah. And then, you know, this is is when Cyclops is like, well, not really that simple. I kind of got this going on too. these people that need me, you know, man, what a tragedy, you know, 15 year old kid being put in that uh, position. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, that's just how it is Um, in, you know, um, families that have addicts in them or just any sort of abusive situation. Uh, The kids grow up too fast and other people in the family are like, I mean, basically, yeah, like kids grow up too fast and they have to take on roles of like responsibility like he does in this movie. He's like the provider for his family, pretty much. Yeah. Fucking 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And all of all of the money that he does earn just goes to his father's boots. God, I was that I was infuriated every time I was so fucking mad. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. Um, Was that Gozer? <laughs> Sorry, Gozer keeps he is hounding at yeah. the door. I was curious. I was curious if you could hear him or not. You know, uh, usually he'd just be like sticking his foot under the door jam or something. Uh-huh. But yeah, he's I had a long shift today. I was gone for a long time. He misses you. Uh, I had a question about something. I want to know if you guys know the answer mm-hmm. um, or what I guess your interpretation of this was. What was with the scene after Joe buys his new truck when he stops at the intersection 
and rolls the window down and looks at that woman. You remember the scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely yeah. know what you're talking about because I I had this, you know, um, most of the time when you see that in movies, it's played like, you know, it's Chevy Chase as like. Right, right. You know, he's just like, oh, hey, hey. And like wink, wink. And then like yeah. eyebrows. Yeah. And then he's like, try to like look suave. That was not it. It, it. This was he rolls it down halfway and then looks at her. She looks back at him just her like yeah. pants a little bit like she's uncomfortable trying to not make eye contact and then he puts his window back up and i was just like yeah but like what is what does huh, it mean like why that's was he gonna like holler at her i mean, or, or I, like, I i don't know i don't know either i don't know so i got this one for you guys i was very confused in the moment in that scene i was like I don't know what's supposed to be happening here. And this movie is way too good to just have like an out of place, nothing seen in it. Right. Uh, and then I figured it out later when the police chief or captain or whatever stops by his house and is talking to him and is like, you know, you can't keep you can't keep just punching my cops in the face and slapping guns <laughs> out of their hand or you're going to go back to prison. And I was uh -huh. just like, wow, that's yeah wild but uh he, he there's like a casual it's almost a thrown away line where he's like you're uh, you know your grandkid is doing good and joe's like my grandkid and he's <gasps> like oh they didn't tell you that's his wife that's oh, his ex-wife in the car oh no shit yeah for sure oh i bet <laughs> has to be uh, oh, wow what oh Holy moly. I mean, that adds a whole other element to that fucking wow. Yes. And Seriously. and I, I will say that the only reason I am acting like I am certain is because I am certain because they talk about it in the behind the scenes thing. <gasps> really? So, I, I, yeah, I am. I am speaking to it is it is for sure confirmed that is his ex-wife. Uh, this is uh a behind the scenes moment we'll get a little yeah just to just to add to that just a little bit it's like it would have been more clear during the movie if he had like you know rolled his window back up and just been like oh, hey claire you know like something you know yeah, like say her, said I mean, her name or something like you know something acknowledges that he knew her i mean yeah already. well the way it went is okay, gotcha. that in the original screenplay, there was a scene earlier in the movie where he where Joe sees her at the general store or something, sorry, something like claws that. claws are out. <laughs> Wait, you mean something that was cut or Jeff or something that was actually in the movie? Because there's a scene when he's at a bar and he sees a woman that I was also sort of confused by. This is something that was cut. This okay. was early in an earlier version of the script. There was a scene early on in the movie where he sees her and tries to ask her out to dinner again. He's like, I, you oh. know, yeah. And then David Gordon Green, the director, came back to Gary and said, I think that if we're going to introduce this character, we need to see her later in the movie as well. So Gary wrote the scene where he sees her in the car. And then Green decided to cut the earlier scene, hmm. which I think actually ends up working really well. It's subtle and it is confusing when they introduced it. But I thought that later in the movie, when they talk about him having a grandkid, 
like to me that was enough i promise i really did figure it out it's no, not just I, that i, I totally watched the behind the you. scenes when i heard that it was i was like that's it this is someone from his past he i now know him to be a father and apparently a grandfather yeah ex-wife or ex-partner or something yeah you know? baby mama or whatever the situation yeah. is um yep 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 wow i'm reeling that was like i honestly did not expect either of you guys to have an answer i thought we were just gonna theorize but shit sorry that probably nope. would have been more fun no, no I, 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 like, I really wanna, i like learning i really want to watch that scene again now yeah, it. Um, I, I would recommend taking it back because it's very like pensive. Like he, when he rolls down the window, he doesn't even roll it down all the way. It's like he starts to, and then stops and like thinks better of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can tell like he's he's he wants to say something, mm-hmm. but then he like thinks better of it and then just or you know thinks twice and just yeah rolls it back up and then like you can see the uncomfortableness because like I now that you say it. Her reaction is like she's just trying to look anywhere but over. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. She doesn't want to have anything to do with him, which I just I I had no clue. I just was like, is it he doesn't look that crazy of a person? Like I'm no, and now he, that there's and like, he just got a new dope truck. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's like, oh man, that that is intense. Okay. In the moment I kind of thought it was like a I don't know. I thought it was like a class thing, like how he had just gone from like a beat up truck to like a a used truck, but like a more recent one, which for him is like a huge upgrade. And they're in like Mm -hmm. a nicer looking car or a Jeep. It's like a Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought maybe it was him being like, even though he's achieved this, you know, he's still being looked down on by people. But then I was like, but the movie doesn't really say anything else about that. Mm -hmm. So that'd be kind of a weird inclusion. Um, yeah, I mean, that yeah. is an interesting theory, but yeah, certainly um, another well, thing. I mean, yeah, oh, I was just going to say, uh, I guess like, you know, overall that that whole scene would have been benefited a little bit better if there was just a little bit more context added. Yeah. Um, overall, just because like I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's like after that scene and then they have, you know, the police chief talking about, oh, you have a grandson. And it's like, well, I had already kind of forgotten about that, yeah. you know, car interaction. It's so small mm-hmm. um, that I, I just figured, you know, that was, you know, him maybe just trying to, you know, talk to a lady maybe. But it's like, even then it's like, well, that doesn't even make sense because it's like, it's not her just driving in a car. She's with somebody else. So like, yeah, the uncomfortable scenario is kind of built upon a like, you know, she's with someone else mm-hmm. not that like he's just trying to hit on somebody because there's no other fucking scene like that where he's he's just he doesn't hit on anybody yeah, even the women that are throwing himself, himself yeah. at him it, weird yeah it, I, weird it, it doesn't it didn't say explicitly if when the cuts were made in the filming process so it's possible that that scene had been filmed already mm-hmm. you know as a continuation of a plot line and then they made the choice to drop the earlier scene. So it's unclear. I think yeah. I think, um, you know, I mean, like, look, if we were if we're really if we're really searching for like weak points in this movie, Mm-mm. I do think that is a scene that could have been 
you know, approached a little differently, maybe. Yeah. I just would have liked a little expanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, I don't think it's, I didn't think it was a bad scene. I just thought like, you know, it's a, it's an odd shift of character development that I didn't quite understand watching it. But then again, what did I say about the first half of this movie? Right. I had no idea where it was going. I mean, yeah. <laughs> My, the reason I bring it up is because it was the only scene in the movie where I was like, I didn't, I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Like everything else I got either in the moment or later. Mm -hmm. But that was the only time when I was like, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. I also want to talk about the music, which is great and absolutely nerve wracking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's there's this whole section in like, I think around probably the hour moment. There's crazy music. Um, it's it's the scene after he gets into the fight in the bar and he's like, you know, angry and doesn't know how to calm down. And the music is just this pounding bass drum and all sorts of, like I said, nerve wracking noises and dogs barking. Like there's tons of scenes with dogs barking nonstop, which is the most stress inducing sound ever. There's a dog fight, which ends in a dog murder. Mm hmm. There's yeah, police. So brutal. There's police sirens. There's like, and in the middle of all of this, he does go to a prostitute and gets a blowjob. And it seems like it's the least satisfying, most tense situation I've ever yeah. fucking well, seen. While, while he's doing that, he's staring at like this like cardboard cutout snowflake <sighs> on the wall, which yeah. is just like, wow, that's. That's what you're focusing on. While his well, dog like, is downstairs yeah. in a dog fight, murdering downstairs. another dog. Oh god. Yeah, and he, I mean, he goes to get his dog. He goes to get it. So it's not yeah. like he just happened to have it with him yeah. and just leaves it. I mean, it's yeah. intentional for sure. Uh, it's, there's it's another. It's dog murder for sure. There's a mm. line. There's a line that I had written down because I thought it was banana pants. Um, I love dogs, just not that one. That dog's an asshole. <laughs> yeah but and and so he goes to the whorehouse or prostitute's nest and he goes up there opens the door that dog's barking with the lady of the mm -hmm. you know who's there the prostitute yeah what a, yeah i mean i'm not i'm not trying to stigma i'm not trying and to like then he it. just he just immediately leaves he immediately leaves goes gets his dog yeah and then brings it back to kill that dog. And then just lets his dog murder the other dog. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Then he gets a blowjob. I loved it. Not not because of what it was, but because of it shows us that he is not 100 percent a good person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like and I, he, I really liked that. that they weren't like, oh, he's like a, he's saying he's got a troubled past, but he's got a heart of gold. Like, yeah, no, not 100 percent. Like he has problems. And they're not like fun movie problems that are easily mm -hmm. surmountable. They're like he has like problems. Yeah, he major problems that he can't seem to find a way out from because that's yeah. I think that's really the core of this. You know, his interaction with the prostitute, you know, you said he seems so unsatisfied with it. It's like, yeah, it to me, this part in the movie is he's just like searching so hard for a way to relieve this anger and stress and you know he's yeah. he's doing things like visiting a prostitute where it's just like you know yeah i can see why someone would be like well shit if this doesn't work you know i mean that's like <laughs> well you, you, you know what i mean yeah, it's like, like sex just stereotypically sex as a stress relief mm -hmm. valve you know yeah. and it just it doesn't do it you know he's got this 
deep-seated anger in him that he can't let go of. Which he he tells the uh, woman that's staying at his house where it's like, you know, he had said, like, don't don't like don't think I'm someone you're not. I'm not because, you know, whatnot. But then he also says, like, you know, he has a line where it's like, well, look at all the scars on that dog. You know, all those other dogs, they're dead. Yeah. And it's like he made it plural. So he's done that more than just that one time. Mm hmm. Like, he's just sick that dog on other dogs. He does not like other dogs. Yeah. It's crazy. He, he also, probably my favorite line Ooh. in the movie um, is Ooh. when he's explaining the dog to Ty Sheridan. Uh, Cyclops. Sorry, I should use his proper, <laughs> I should use his proper name. Um, but he's explaining the dog and he's like, nah, she's friendly as long as you don't like. She, she doesn't, she's not mean to people. She just doesn't like other dogs. And then he goes, you were out on the road and that was fine. Road ain't dogs. And I was like, you're right, man. <laughs> Road ain't dogs. Right. Road, Road ain't dogs. Road ain't dogs. Yeah, uh, the the whole his dog thing is really interesting because he's constantly referring to her as just dog um, mm-hmm. yep. over the the part in the porch where dog lives. It mm-hmm. says faith. And when they're looking for dog, uh, Cyclops calls out faith Huh? because dog dog has a name and it's faith. He just doesn't refer to it as faith. He refers to it as dog. And he there's also a line where he talks about how, like, yeah, I got dog to keep, you know, where Cyclops is like, that's a real, the real mean, you know, vicious dog. Mm-hmm. And he, he's like, yeah, well, that's why I got dog, you know, to, to ward off intruders. And it's a really interesting part. You know, this is like a uh, a social aspect that you know we don't often see where you know to a lot of people animals are pets you know they're Mm. a part of your family or whatever but there are people to which dogs are just commodities or warrior assets you know it's like utility yeah there he's living like joe's existence is tenuous enough that he's relying on this animal not as a family member you know that brings him joy but as an asset that protects his security it's it's very interesting, I, you know, not my place to say that it's like objectively morally wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's very it's very different from how I'm used to interacting with the animals, certainly. Yeah, but so. I mean, like, you know, rural kind of society, farm life, uh, you have like dogs aren't just pets. They're workers. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do a specific function, yeah. which in his case is like you come near that house it's going to let you know. Yeah. Like he doesn't let that dog in his house. Dog gonna get you. Like that dog, dog just guards house. Yeah. Dog. That's dog it. Guards house. Yeah. Do- road ain't dogs. Road ain't dogs. Dog, dog no go. Dog, dog don't road go. No, I'm sorry. So, but dog go road because he lets true. dog out before he punches cops. Yeah. He, he gets into fights with cops. Twice sorry, in he slaps he slaps a gun out of a cop's hand. <laughs> that's I love wild. that. And that's the he, the cop's gun goes into the ditch or like out into the field. Yeah, like and the cop is out, just like out of the road. The cop is like, God damn it! I gotta go find my gun now. Yeah, the shot of bruise, his face. He's like, oh, oh shit! On his face. Like, yeah. shit! Ah, chief's gonna get so mad at me. <laughs> All the other cops are gonna make fun yeah. of me. Well, yeah, and they then, didn't know he didn't know Joe. That no, was his problem. And and this is a part of the movie that made me like actually angry. It's like when the 
chief comes to talk to joe about it and then joe is like yeah he was just looking for a fight to pick with someone and then the chief says something to the effect of like yeah well i'll have him pushing papers until he's ready to settle down and i was just like yo what yeah i was i I did not understand that because it was like clearly they have a background and they know each other and it's like they have a rapport but i mean like you mean joe joe and the chief reason yeah joe and the chief but like that guy pulled him or was trying to pull him over because he ran through a stop sign and then kept going when he was trying to be pulled over yeah that's just like any cop would just be like yeah that's you broke the fucking law yeah like it's not a misunderstanding at that point Especially you slapping a gun out of him. Yeah, like, I what? mean, I'm yeah, I, I, mm. I, I'm not trying to excuse like police behavior in general. Obviously, no, every situation is different. But like, yo, straight up like Joe is it, like charges at him and then slaps the gun out of his hand. That's yeah, that's real. The cop draws, he, he draws his gun and tells him to like get on the ground or like to put his hands behind his back. And Joe assaults him <laughs> like, yeah, he it it's, punches it's him bad. in the face. First, you can, also chokes him a little bit. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, I was just like, that's white privilege. You can see, yeah, for real. yeah, white privilege is when the the cops are like, hey, you know, he didn't know it was you. Um, it, yeah. which is fucking crazy, man. Uh, yeah, we should talk, I guess, more about like what happens later in the film. Um, my notes for this one are really sparse because at a certain point, I just was like watching the movie. I wasn't like, oh, yeah. it'd be funny to talk about this. I was like, inv- I was fully invested in what was happening. Yeah. Can I, can I uh, before I stopped uh, taking notes, can I just like go through them real quick? Uh, yeah. What's your what's your last? Yeah, note? sure. All right. All right. Well, no, there's only three of them. Here it is. They poison trees for a living. <laughs> Number two. Valid question. Good question. Old man knows how to pop it and lock it. As long as he's standing up, and then, uh, then the 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 last one was just like the quote of, <laughs> "I love dogs, just not that one. That one's an asshole." Yeah. <laughs> end of notes. Yeah, I I put down like my notes literally end. I put what was with the scene where Joe rolls the window down at the intersection, and then okay. I put down yep. big yikes. Um, and then I put down, I put down, get him to the hospital. He could be okay. And then that's it. That's all I wrote after that point. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. When they, at the end of the film, they approach him very slow. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like a slow head shake. Also, it's like, like, he's still, he's still, he's still alive. It's not like he got shot in the face. He got shot in like the side. And they're like, they get out of the car and they're like, oh. Man, Joe, yeah, what have you oh, done? They what said, you, Joe, Joe, what, what have you done? And it's like, what? Get him like, to call the EMTs. Also, Get him to a fucking hospital. Why do you have like fucking? Why do you have like eight cop cars and no ambulances? That was that's crazy. a good question. Yeah, and maybe they don't yeah. have ambulances out there, but they have yeah. eight cop cars could, could, though. Yeah, I. That is a good point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that was my big like. Yeah. At the end, I was just like, oh come on! Like it's it's nine one one if. If 911 is called, they normally send all three, right? Like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I typically I don't know, though. Like, did he call 911 or did he just like go get a cop? Like, that might be how it is in 
this yeah, place. Yeah, well, I think I'm pretty sure what Nick tells him to do is to go to the general store and have the general store man call the police chief, I think. Oh, is that who he is says to talk to? Yeah. Mm. I didn't catch. Okay. Be- yeah. Before he before he approaches the situation, which we should talk about. Ugh. Yes. I really don't want to. It's very dark. Can I? I can okay. get. Th- I, so, I can get through it pretty fast. Okay. Basically, uh, Ty Sheridan's dad uh, is Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops. Sorry, his dad is. I don't know what the proper term here is. Um, steals his car. I mean, yeah, steals his car, and is um, prostituting his daughter. Oh, yep. That that I. W- I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. Yep. To other people. Um, and to uh, Willie and well, I guess one of Willie's like flunkies, uh, who is the guy who Nick Cage has had problems with before. Nick Cage shows up along with uh, Cyclops and they bust up the whole situation and it results in most everybody dying. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much that. Hurt <laughs> near. Yeah, it, I mean, it's uh, it's a super brutal ending, which, you know, fittingly so. They build up so much tension throughout the movie that it really does, um, you know, uh, it's it's a fitting conclusion when uh, Cyclops finds Nick Cage and tells him, like, my dad stole my truck. Mm. And at first, Joe is like kind of trying to talk him down. And he's like, no, no, no. I know you could kill him, but you shouldn't or whatever. And then Cyclops is like, no, no, no. He's also, got my sister. Yeah. Also to mention, and they're like, oh. Also to mention, uh, when Cyclops shows up at Joe's house, he's far more beaten than yeah. just the like normal normal smack in the face mm. he gets. Yeah. He's like black and blue, busted nose, busted lip. Like he had gotten a real, real kicking in, and then uh, he refers to yeah, uh, Dad's got his sister. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's I mean, that's when the switch is flipped. I, you know, it absolutely was a moment where like, you know, when he delivered that line, it was like the bottom of my stomach was just gone all of a sudden. Yeah. You know, I like it. it it's it's a super brutal end. Uh, I mean, and this uh, isn't too much of a surprise for the character uh, of the uh, of the father figure. Yeah, because, it's very fitting. Uh, yeah. We we haven't even talked about how he followed a, a another homeless man. Oh yeah. Just because he had a bottle yeah. he had a bottle of cheap wine. Yeah. yeah. And he, and then he murders him by a river. Yeah. And the way he did it and searched the guy gives you the impression that it's not the first time he's done this. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. It's very brutal and really important, I think. Yeah, it, it, it sets up that whole like it's he's a he's like a he you you see him as like kind of like just a hopeless drunk. Yeah. But then at that point, it seems more like he's calculated to just keep whatever he can. Like he will take whatever. Yeah. He can grab. And that that yeah. comes before the scene when I think maybe even the next scene he's in after he kills the the other homeless man is when he uh threatens ty sheridan with like a knife like when he really um uh when they like get into an actual fight at their house yeah over the money because because cyclops isn't shit you know and he's been going to work mm -hmm. but stops shuttling out the the money and i think that the fact that we just saw that he could murder a person for like a bottle of probably like five dollar wine is (sighs) Boone's Farm. Yeah, it's like Boone's Farm or something. Okay. Um, yeah. but It was pink as fuck. Uh, yeah. yeah. I was like, that's garbage. But that shows us that 
I mean, it adds more tension to the scene because we're like, we know that mm-hmm. he's a dangerous person. He's not just yeah. like pathetic and incapable. He is like a dangerous person. Yeah, it's a yeah, I mean, the the scene uh, where he follows him, I mean, a, you know, the fact that he follows him and delivers this whole fake speech, you know, definitely makes it calculated. It's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, he was drunk and is an addict or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there he had time to turn around or whatever, but it, it really is important in that establishes him as like a villain. Yeah. You know, before that, he's not a sympathetic character exactly, but he's someone that you as the audience can still feel sorry for after a fashion. And I mean that any goodwill he has left, it, you know, evaporates in this scene. So, yeah. Yeah. And another thing we hadn't talked about was like previously in the, in the movies that, uh, you know, it just shows like, you know, how the sun is, uh, Cyclops is, uh, is, is working, to try and like, you know, scrounge up money for his family. But at the same time, his father is just rooting through garbage, mm-hmm. break dancing, uh, like poorly, but break dancing in the middle of the street. Yeah. Like, you know, just doing whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. And you, that was before you see him as like such a violent kind of sociopath, mm-hmm. like fucked up alcoholic. Exactly. I mean, that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you think he's like an asshole. But you don't think he's like mm-hmm. an evil, you know, or not evil, but like, you know, like a sociopath. I mean, you, I, uh, yeah, you don't see him as a sociopath because like, uh, you know, he's abusive right out of the get go because the first scene in this whole movie is uh, how uh, Cyclops is saying like, oh, those guys are coming after you because they know what you did. They stole you stole their money mm-hmm. or whatever, and they're going to kick your shit in. And I don't want to see that, but like, you know, I can't protect you forever, you know? And then, mm. and then he just gets slapped in the face or like hit. Yeah. And then, and then he stumbles away drunk. Yeah. And then gets his ass kicked. Great, you know? great opening scene. I like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Such a that, great that, tone setter for the rest of the movie. Oh my God. Ty Sheridan just yeah. delivering this long ass monologue about how mm-hmm. shitty of a guy um, uh, Wade is. And he's not looking at him like Wade's just staring off like he's barely even paying any attention. It's it just like, fuck, it's such a great way to start yeah. this movie. Yeah, it's a great scene. Yeah. Uh, great, great speech. I mean, he, you know, look like uh, I, I keep calling him Cyclops because I'm trying to bring a little levity to the situation. But make no mistake, Ty Sheridan absolutely yeah. establishes himself in this movie as being mm-hmm a really powerful dramatic actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he brings a lot to this role. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think the character is 15. I think at the time of filming, he might've been 15 or maybe 16, but I mean, yeah, absolutely wild to think about. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, 15, yeah, he, 15 year old Jeff didn't have shit <laughs> on this kid. Like, I mean, <laughs> motherfucker can act for Abs- real. Yeah. This is one of his first movies. He was in mud, and the tree of life no shit no shit oh oh man i forgot tree of life but uh uh the the just starting this movie in the dvd player uh it was mud and then there was like frozen ground or whatever mm-hmm. and then like it was like <laughs> they had the mood figured out yeah if you yeah. bought if For you bought this, this you'll like, also like yeah yeah well, they know um <laughs> they know it's wild I was just like I, after the the third uh, 
like trailer, I was just like, oh wow, I feel like I know where this movie's going. Yeah, it's bleak <laughs> and it's gonna have a sad ending. But yeah. beautiful, I, beautiful. Movie. I think we're probably. I think we pretty much touched on everything I wanted to touch on. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about in the in the movie? Mm, I've got one quick thing yeah. for behind the scenes. Well, yeah, let's do that. Uh, I I had some other stuff, but we kind of touched on it already. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but uh, one one just little like fun cool fact is that uh, in the scene with the snake, yeah, uh, the snake handler had a like a, a falsy, you know, like a, a snake that looks like a venomous snake, but isn't. And apparently Nick got down to set and just like went poking around in the guy's truck. And he was like, why are you holding out on me? You got a real cotton mouth back here. Oh, my God. Get that out. Of course he so, did. Yeah. That's the most so it's on a real, brand. Yeah. Fucking Nick Cage moment. Jesus. Yeah, I know. I, I, I love it. It's and, and, you know, it's funny. Um, Don't hurt my friend in. uh in the uh, City of Angels stuff, we we saw I watched a thing where like he's I, I can't remember if we talk about this in the episode. He he's where they're like up in the construction site and uh, Nick is afraid of heights. So it was like that oh. was an actual challenge for him. Um, huh. But I guess he's not afraid of snakes because he was like, get the cotton yeah, mouth not, out. Let's yeah. do this shit, man. Uh, oh, you know what? One other thing. Uh, there are a lot of shots of Coke cans in this movie. Yeah. That's it. I don't have anything to say about it. I just thought it was weird how often Coke was shown and meant and like mentioned. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, when you're drinking like cheap whiskey, you need a good chaser. I know, but there's, there are drink. tons of scenes like when the, <laughs> the crew is drinking or eat, like, eating lunch, yeah. they're all drinking Coke and like. Yep. Nick Cage is in the general store. He pulls out a big old six pack. He's he's always mixing his whiskey with Coke and specifying Coke. It's Mm -hmm. weird. I like hold this. I have a a Coke point point of order. Wouldn't you have noticed it more if it was Pepsi? (laughs) You don't you don't think so? I I think I would have been like like if he would have been like there's too much Pepsi in this. Add more whiskey. I would have been like, okay, Pepsi is the fancy lads. You're right. Cola. Like you would Gross. never no, Coca-Cola is no, Coca-Cola is no Coca-Cola is no. for a hard working man. I, sweaty yes. with testosterone. <laughs> you Pepsi, need acidity. Pepsi, <laughs> yeah. You need acidity in those woods. No, Pepsi is Pepsi is city folk mm-hmm. brew. No. Although I don't know. Hell it, no. It's for those coast, those coastal elites. I feel Hell like no. it would have been, <laughs> yeah, it would have exactly. been really like, Jarring if you had walked into that bar and asked for a, a Pepsi and whiskey. Yeah, yeah. they'd be like, uh, this is a Coke bar. No, it's like when you come home from a long day of poisoning trees, you need to reach for a Coke, a Jack and Coke. Like, it's like a classic, you know, just, oh, just, you, you need that spicy spicy acidic cola. Yeah, Jack and Coke, man. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. then you stir it with your finger like every every normal yep. man. And then when I just... when I've spent all when I've spent all day out in the hot Iowa sun. <laughs> I'm sorry, my mom would be pissed if I was like promoting Pepsi. Hell no. <laughs> this is a this is a Coke family. Man. This is a Coke family. I, we I, the next time I walk into a bar, which won't be until 2021, clearly, <laughs> but the, the next time I do, I'm definitely going to go up to the counter and be like, yeah, can I get a uh, Jim Beam and Pepsi Max? Oh, no. <laughs> and they'd say, there's the door, sir. There's the door. 
you can ask get for out a Pepsi. Or we can throw you out. And when they <laughs> say they when they say they have Coke, say never mind and leave. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, I, I would like a Cuddy Sark and RC Cola, please. <laughs> oh well, we've got plenty of that. <laughs> yeah, all the all the powers in Shasta. Royal Crown Cola. Why didn't you ask? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Royal Crown should have really been the one from this flick. <laughs> It's like yeah, it should have been like yeah, like like uh, it's like Doctor Thunder or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't noticed a soda in a medium like that since Hobie won the, the, the <laughs> paddleboard competition and got a lifetime supply of fucking A and W cream soda. I just tell you what, you can just come <laughs> on down. You, get I tell right. you what. <laughs> All right, Sean, we gotta we gotta save that for Baywatch watch. Um, oh god. Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck you guys are talking about. Um <laughs> there's a lot of cream soda in Baywatch. It's cool. It's all they Don't drink. It. It's, it's all they drink. It's are that, you guys are you guys that still and aspirating seawater is all they drink. <laughs> I feel like we've already talked about this on this podcast, yes. which save is it keep, for I I tell you, sir, I will keep bringing this up. Save it for Baywatch watch, guys. Um Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you got for behind the scenes, Jeff? Uh, I mean, that that was pretty much it. <laughs> I, I I will say that. Um, Hobie uh, loves cream soda. Oh, only one other quick thing that that I did think was uh, interesting and good is that uh, uh, Gary Hawkins, the screenwriter, um, at one point uh, interviewed Larry Brown, the author of the novel that his screenplay is based on, for a show, like an episode of a show or something like that, a documentary series that he was working on. So. The screenplay was developed, uh, developed with the blessing, <laughs> with the blessing. I, and... wasn't, I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> Don't worry. I will gladly call myself on my own goofs. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, he, he worked with the uh, author of the original novel. Uh, and, oh, wow. You know, I, I think that shows through. Uh, I, it got me interested in reading the novel. So yeah, I want to check it out. Oh yeah. Um, I saw that his uh, writing was compared to Cormac McCarthy, who I am a big fan of. So, huh. uh, I like that simplistic Southern Gothic kind of thing, and that's you know this is what that felt like. I feel like um, this director would do a good job with like a Cormac McCarthy style movie, uh, or like an actual adaptation. I can't fucking believe that this is the same director who made uh, Your Highness. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what the fuck? Really? Like, yeah, and Pineapple what? Express. Are you fucking serious? 100%. Jesus Christ. Made... Well, I mean, boy, it got rain. And, right? and, well, and, and look, like, yeah, damn. The, he, before he worked on those movies, um, he already had established credibility in the the drama okay okay field um these are movies that i was not familiar with uh george washington oh. all the real girls snow angels and undertow hmm. um these are also movies that he either wrote or co-wrote uh so he when when he you know started doing like the pineapple express and your highness and stuff th that was like a transition for him it's not like he started there and then went to mm -hmm. this this is like a return to form for him but, he's uh, trying to like make he's trying to make his his money. Yeah. Or make his name. Maybe he also oh, he also did a bunch of Eastbound and Down. Yeah. Mm. And and uh, vice oh. principals. He's a frequent collaborator with Danny McBride. Uh, they worked on the 2018 Halloween uh, oh. together, uh, which I thought was a really, really badass flick, actually. Um, cool. 
So yeah. Uh, should we move on to recast? You guys, you guys, well, uh, just real quick. Oh, sure, uh, sure, sure. I had mentioned, uh, like the, like, I mean, it probably goes most over most people's heads at this point, but, uh, with the Giuseppe comment, um, there is a movie he directed where it is literally just drunks from a bar in his neighborhood and it's called trailer town. And if you want a movie that's like this kind of cast, but it's like indie short small film mm-hmm. check out trailer town like i just would be remiss if i didn't put that out there because it's it's just an odd piece of art and it really fits in this kind of narrative i mean it it doesn't have the beautiful cinematography that this has or nearly any star power that this has because it's really just local drunks but right but it's good. This it's it's the same. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so um, check it out. No, I think it. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's great. But it's like it's that it's it's that kind of like you're taking some traditional like just straight up non actors mm-hmm. to do a, a, an acting job, mm-hmm. and and I just think like I saw a lot of that in this, which. You know, I think, you know, if you like bizarre art films, go for it. You know, I do. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll check it Trailer out. Trailer time. Um, so now we move on to the hardest question of all questions, which is if you had to recast the Nicolas Cage role in this movie with any actor, actress, with any actor, actress from any time period, uh, who would it be and why? I have an answer. Uh, do you guys? Not yet. I, I do have one. Yeah. All right, so Sean will go last. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go first, Josh, or do you want mine? Um, no, you go first. Okay. Um, let me first uh say that uh the recast uh sometimes is you know actual wishful thinking, and sometimes it's a bit more of a thought exercise. I thought Nick Cage did an excellent job in this movie. Oh yeah, Agreed. for sure. Uh, one hundred percent, and so appropriate for the role. Absolutely killed it. That being said, I would like to see Robert De Niro in this role. Mm. Ah, nice. Uh, okay. When. Uh, <laughs> at about the same age, you know, Nick is supposed okay. to be like late forties in this movie. So I'd put him at about that age too. I'm not exhaustively familiar with his filmography, so I don't know if he's ever taken a role before where he's playing this kind of Southern archetype. Um, but it was something that I thought would be interesting to see him in. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think when that would be for De Niro. I'm going to look at his IMDb page real quick because I, I want to know. I want to have like a so he's born in 43. So let's go like, OK, so yeah, like Goodfellas, like that age. Yeah, would put yeah, him yeah, kind yeah. Of mid late 40s. That's OK. Yeah, I could totally see that. Um, that's a good answer. I would really like to see it. I don't know if I've ever seen him do a southern accent before. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, my, my de- definitely out of his normal wheelhouse, but I mean, clearly he's, you know, an actor of the highest caliber. I think he could mm-hmm. uh, I think he could definitely pull it off. So, yeah, um, I would say uh, my choice is David Harbour, um, who plays uh, the chief of police on Stranger Things. If you haven't if you don't know who that is. Oh, OK, sure. Yeah, yeah I uh, wasn't familiar just on the name uh, it slipped my mind there. But uh, yeah, sure. 
Just because I think in the first season of that show, especially, he plays that sort of same kind of character. And I don't know. I feel like he could pull it off. Like he could be kind of a surly mess of a person um, who has good qualities, but also like glaring bad qualities. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I I like him on that show. And uh, that show is a little more like, you know, he's got some rough around the edges parts but he doesn't mm-hmm. really get to go quite as like he doesn't sick a dog on another dog in yeah that, in that show so yeah exactly definitely definitely some more uh teeth literal and figurative to this role so yeah i think i think it would be like a thing you could um pull off and i don't think it would be like that hard to um i don't know get me to believe him in the role i guess that's why i picked him so mine yeah. mine's a serious answer this week <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah, I, I like that one. Yeah, Sean, what do you think? Um. Well, I mean, I don't want to go with my normal answer because, uh, which is, oh, yeah. Know, what 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 is that one again, Sean? Um. You know, I don't. I it kind of is embarrassing to keep bringing it up. Um. But uh, I'm trying to think of like a rugged mountain man kind of type. I mean, he's played cowboys before, but. Um, he's also been, you know, you know, in Middle Earth. Uh, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. No, I was thinking the v- Virgo Mortensen. Hold on, hold on, hold what on. Is his name? Did you did you say did you say Middle Earth? Yeah, what's yeah. his name? It's Vir- uh, oh, it's, it's, uh, it's like Vigo Vigo Morgenstein. Virgo Morgenson? No, <laughs> v- um, Vigo Mor. Oh, now I don't know what it is. God damn it! Vorgan Morgenson. I want to say Vigo. it's Vigo Morton. I wish I had Morgans- like a computer. Holy shit! I honestly up. don't actually know. Now that um, we've made jokes, Vigo Mortensen. Vigo Mortensen. That was. I feel like that, that was would crazy. Be the like, I feel like he would do a great job as like you know a weird tree poisoner slash like yeah. uh, surrogate father. Oh yeah. But if I didn't, if I couldn't pick him, I guess I would have to go with someone that maybe was an overboard. It's always or good to have a backup. <laughs> New York. <laughs> Goldie, Goldie Hawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it is. Goldie Hawn. I mean, you know what? Like, have you guys ever seen the movie um, A History of Violence? Uh, I have not, actually. I think you recommended that one to me it's a while It's really ago good. It's uh, David Cronenberg. Um, but... Sure. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, and that one he plays, like, just like a dad and, like, a family. Uh, well, same in... Um, uh, as as well as uh was it captain fantastic or whatever but <laughs> no i i'm not making that up that's like a movie right am i not cra- no you're uh, right you're right yeah yeah jesus it, he is in a movie second, called make me second guess this stuff <laughs> that that happens every fucking week sean but, um, every every week damn. you say some movie and i'm like he made that up oh. or he's like he's ron and then i look and i'm like nope he's dead on like when you oh. uh, it's almost like I've seen movies before. When you said sister, when you talked about John C. Riley being in Sister Brothers, and I was like, <laughs> step, oh I was like, uh, step brothers. Step brothers? <laughs> See, Josh, I feel like he's just lulling us into a, in a false sense of security, and eventually See, he's going to start to pepper in fake ones, and we'll be like, oh, yeah, that one, everyone oh, yeah. knows that so, one. So the, 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 the beauty of it is that it's, Definitely gonna be Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah. All right. Again. So that's a. I think that's a that's a KR for Sean. <laughs> classic KR. Um. You know what? 
he would kill it no. in this. He would crush it. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, he would. he would. No, he would. He would act too much like a fucking cowboy. That would be a bad fucking. It, it, no, the first answer was not a joke. The that the second answer was a joke. <laughs> and also, uh, Sister Brothers is a movie. I know. <laughs> John C. Riley's like, oh, they just invented toothbrushes. <laughs> well, and yet again, yeah, that guy could be making that up. Well, you, uh, think, you watch the movie. You let me know. I think that pretty much does it. <laughs> Boy, it better. Let's wrap this puppy up. Yeah, um, thanks oh, for I'm listening, everybody. Uh, tune in next week when we are going to do. Uh, oh, God. What, what was it again? Peggy we're going Sue. to a wedding, yes. y'all. We're going. Peggy Sue's getting married, we're y'all. Get, Peggy going to the Sue's chapel. We're married. gonna get married. That one's for you, Katie. Man, two Thank good Katie. movies in a row. What did we do to deserve this? I know, right? Bye. <laughs> no, finally we know Bye. that we we know that something good's on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs>